Cooking. This is Script Runner Steve. He reached my podcast, Barbecue to Movies. Today is September 20th, 2021. It is currently 2.28 a.m. in the morning on a Monday morning. I'm up late, not up early, just to let you know. What am I doing? Well, not really working. I just got through watching some football games. I'm going to be watching more right after I get done with this podcast. Um, I had a wedding today, and I'm just exhaling, uh, charging my batteries, literally charging my batteries for the wedding I have later on uh, this evening. So, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. Uh, you know, when you do these weddings, by the way, just to let you know, for all of those who are just tuning in, have no idea who the hell I am, uh, you know, I do own a wedding company um, here in Hawaii. I've owned it for about 20 years, maybe a little over 20 years, and that's how I make the majority of my income. And I do all the photos and videos for my weddings. So when I say... I am doing a wedding. I am not getting married. I am actually working at a wedding. So <laughs> all of you people asking, you know, is, is Steve getting married? Did he get married yesterday or did he get married the day before? Man, this guy sure likes to get married every so often, right? He always likes to talk about he has a wedding to go to. Well, and, and I'm not getting invited to these weddings. So my friends, you know, I haven't, I don't have a lot of friends. I haven't gotten invited to a lot of weddings. I think that's, uh, I think I maybe about, yeah, I think I can almost count it on my hand, to be quite honest. Um, but, but um, you know, I have another wedding uh, today, and then I have a break, and I have another wedding tomorrow, and uh, it's a good way, well, I would say it was, a, it was a good way to make a living. Anyway, you know, here's something really interesting that happened today. So, when I went down to my florist uh, shop, my Florida shop, and uh, one of the employees there, I, you know, I, I, I talked to everyone, right? And I started talking to her about COVID and, and everything, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, right? And, uh, you know, we, we got into the topic of, you know, the COVID, the, I guess the COVID numbers in the hospitals. And the, I guess what we're being fed by the media here in Hawaii is that the hospitals are being overrun. I mean, so overrun that they had to create a makeshift morgue um, outside one of the hospitals and also a makeshift tent there to actually house all the overflow of COVID patients going into the hospital. And um, that, and then on top of that, there were beds, gir gurneys or whatever you want to call them, beds lining the corridors and all these hallways with uh, COVID patients just overflowing from the ICU units and, and the whole COVID ward. And um, for some reason, one or another, we got into the conversation of whether or not that was true. And uh, she to told me flat out that it is not true because she works there. Um, so she works there in a administrative role, running errands from all different parts of the entire like uh, a hospital. Um, she's basically a gopher. Now, uh, and she just drops off mail and, you know, gets things signed. And it, it just is a, it works in admin, right? Like a very much glorified secretary. So, and she told me she's been into almost every single crack and, I mean, nook and cranny over there at the hospital. And the morgues are not being overflowed. The morgue on the outside is not even being used. The tent on the outside is not even being used. Um, and there's no overflow from the COVID ward. There's nobody, there's no hospital beds lining the hallways, none whatsoever. 
So she has no idea where the media is getting this narrative. And on top of that, she sees our lieutenant governor walking the hallways every now and then without a mask. And um, you're supposed to wear a mask. She wears a mask. Everyone else wears a mask. But the lieutenant governor, who is a mask freak, doesn't wear a mask within this hospital. How do you like that? Isn't that strange, right? So, and even more strange is that she told me that, um, well, in the hospital break room, they took away all the chairs and all the tables. So her, her and her colleagues can't sit down and mingle. But within each floor of the hospital, the doctors, the nurses, the admins, you know, everyone, they found areas to congregate. And you, and she said you would find them outside on the balcony or here in, in a room, a single room, together without mask, shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> Sometimes if they're on the outside, they're smoking cigarettes and um, not wearing a mask, not social distancing. And this is during the quote-unquote new height of COVID with the Delta variant. <laughs> Isn't that strange? Um, before that, today, uh, one of my f- father's friends came over. And uh, the daughter is actually a, a, um, a very, very smart person. So, and she's, a, she's an analyst. I, or what do they call those people who are, they're, they're one of those analytics. Very, very smart girl who went to Stanford extremely smart, makes me look like an idiot. Well, I'll take that back. Everyone makes me look like an idiot, right? <laughs> and um, So anyway, we started talking about uh, the, the data numbers, right? The COVID numbers. I just wanted to get her opinion. And she told me like what I've been telling you all before, that this whole data pool is just polluted. There's no way to come to any sound conclusion because the data is just really effed up. Now, it, it's really great to, to know that I'm validated. But then she started talking about um, how one of the doctors who is in charge of the, of the, um, of the COVID uh, case counts, she actually said that this guy lies through his teeth. He can't be trusted. A lot of people who she works for, they do not trust this guy. And, uh, and I, I was under that same um, impression. Now, I've already said his name a couple of times before. I'm not going to say it again. All I want to say right now is that this whole COVID stuff, this whole COVID thing is just really messed up. It's just really, really messed up. And it's, it's kind of driving me, not insane, but it's, it's causing, I want to even say driving me, it's causing me, a, causing me a lot of concern on multiple different levels. Uh, number one, I want to know why our government still lies to us. I mean, they are purposely lying to us. And, and number two, I really want to know what their motivation is. I mean, I can come out there and, and I can come to you and say, hey, I think, you know, this is the reason why. And I can use all of my, you know, backgrounds of my pseudo knowledge of like human behavior and all my pull from my knowledge of screenwriting and, uh, and just, you know, all of my just ob- observational knowledge, right? But it, 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 it really helps to, to hear it from the horse's mouth. And right now, we're not getting that at all. All we're getting is BS. We're getting metaphoric thinking, like what I told you in the last podcast. And um, we're just getting a version of the truth. We're, we're really just getting a version of the truth when we should be getting the full truth and nothing but the truth. So here's what's even crazier. Now, <laughs> I... I um, with, I'm, I have to try to phrase this carefully here without outing anyone. 
So I did a wedding just recently, and uh, one of the couples, they were actually uh, ill with COVID maybe sometime earlier this year, okay? And they're younger, and um, they have a little weight to them, but they got hit really, 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 really hard. And um, they didn't they didn't have to be put on a ventilator. They didn't, they didn't have to, but they were one step cl- closer. Like, I think they said if they would have gotten to one level higher, then they would have gotten, then they would have been, um, uh, I guess, intubated. So, so this person was that close to dying. And she flat out told me that, you know, COVID is a very, very scary thing. And when she got sick, she wasn't vaccinated. And uh, her mother, who was a cancer survivor, had gotten one shot of the Pfizer, or was it Moderna? But anyway, she got the one shot of it, and um, she got COVID, but all she did was is have the sniffles. And she's a lot older, and she had, again, cancer. So this young girl who's 24, who has a little weight to her, COVID hit her really hard. So this is the thing. You know, the vaccines do work. They do provide some type of efficacy there, right? Or some type of immunity. Not really immunity. I always say more like a therapy. So this is a really, really good effective therapeutic. Why don't we just say it's really not a vaccine, all right? Because that's, you know, calling these mRNA vaccines for COVID is, I would say, it's quote-unquote metaphoric. But they're very, very effective therapeutics. And if they were advertised that way, and if they were to say, hey, you know what, get this very effective therapeutic, it's not a vaccine, which it actually is, right, which is actually therapeutic, not a vaccine, you know, a lot more people would be open to getting it, correct? Wouldn't you be? Now, a lot, I know a lot of you people out there who are on the fence, you know, about getting a vaccine. If you heard out there that there was a therapeutic out there that would lessen your chance of dying from COVID, I think you would be a lot more open to it than hearing about a vaccine that was created in less than a year. Correct? Anyway, I'm going to cut to commercial, folks. When I get back, I'm going to be talking about something interesting. I have no idea what it is now, but I have so many topics on my mind. I think I want to talk about this Gabby Petito case. I'm not sure if you remember who Gabby Petito is, but make sure you tune in right after these messages and we'll get straight into it. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. Hey everyone, so I am back from that commercial break and I hope you are too. Um, I got this very easy going music right now playing because what I'm, I'm about to get into, alright, is pretty serious. Uh, we're going to talk about Gabby Petito, alright, so in, in case of those of you who have no idea who Gabby Petito is, uh, just recently within the headlines, she's been in the headlines for the past... I think week or so, um, she and her boyfriend went on a cross-country trip. I think she was uh, that was her fiance. She was engaged to get married, 
And unfortunately, the end of their love story is not going to be a very happy one. It looks as though her fiancé may have ended her life a little early, way too early. And uh, it looks as though she may no longer be in this world with us. And I'm hoping she's in a better place. So just on Sunday, the FBI came out and um, confirmed that the body that they found in the Wyoming National Park is more than likely of Gabby Petito. Now, Gabby Petito, I think she was only 22 years old, a beautiful young blonde girl with a smile that would just melt your heart. Um, and uh, I think she. the story is, is that she had reunited with, a, I guess, a friend in high school. And through, I guess, through the internet, they've started to bond and she ended up moving down to Florida to live with him. Um, she ended up living, I guess, there with him um, and her future in-laws. And then she decided, her and her fiancé decided to embark on a cross-country trip uh, to partake in this uh, very trending lifestyle called the van lifestyle, where where you're young, you're, you know, you're healthy, and, you know, <laughs> you don't really have much to lose or anything out there. You just want to travel the country, visiting all of the national parks out there. And, you know, I thought about doing that. Uh, I just have a lot of responsibilities. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of very envious of the people who can do that, right? So she wanted to do this and document her life on YouTube and uh, do one of those, those things. And, uh, uh, for one reason or another, we don't really know what it is. Um, something tragic happened. Uh, something tragic happened, and uh, Brian—I'm not sure how to say his last name—but Brian Laundry. It looks as though that it's, that's how it's said: L-A-U-N-D-R-I-E. Maybe it's Laundria, or but why don't we just call him Laundry because it looks as though he's trash that that needs to be washed. Why don't we just say that, right? Uh, but. Anyway, um, he returned home with her van, and she was not there. And on top of that, her parents received texts from her that were very, very strange, that as though it didn't seem as as though it was written by her. And on top of that, uh, Gabby was supposed to meet with a friend over in Wyoming, and she just blew that friend off, which is very unlike Gabby. So we know for a fact that something happened to her, and now they found her body in the national park where she went missing. And to make things even more crazy, this dude, um, let's not even call him dude, uh, this person of interest, uh, Brian Laundrie, um, he has also gone missing as well. So, and what even makes it even more upsetting is that he came home to his parents, and again, you know, Gabby was staying with her, um, um, him and his parents for a while. Uh, his parents were her future, uh, I guess that, that, that's their future, future in-laws, right? And they did not want to, or they have not spoken to the cops. And um, Brian has not spoken to the cops at all either. You know, that right there makes us jump to conclusions and, and uh, to say that, hey, you know what, something happened here. And Brian has lawyered up, and the worst thing that he can actually do is to actually speak to the cops, because all of a sudden that will, you know, um, I guess, paint a target on his back, right? And right already, you know, in the media, and myself and everyone, we've already pointed the finger at Brian. Now, what I want to know is that 
I, I really want to know what type of person Brian is. And I'm sure you want to know what type of person he is. But right now, I can tell you, we can't tell, I can't tell any, anything. You know, I can't tell just from the way he dresses that, you know, well, why don't we do this? Why, why don't I try to judge a book by its cover? Okay. And we'll try to place maybe a possible Enneagram type with him just by judging a book by its cover. Now, right now, I could tell you for a fact that he is not a type one, two, or three. Now, type ones are very much moral driven. Well, he's not, he has no morals because if he would have had morals, he would have gone and talked to the cops. Pretty much easy, right? To say that. A type two is a compulsive helper. And, uh, you know, if he would have done this, Every instinct within his body would be to actually go out there and help to try to find Gabby, help to find, you know, go out there and confess to the mother. I mean, he just wouldn't do this. A type three, who is very much image oriented, um, I can tell that, you know, Brian, just from the way he dresses, he's not very image oriented at all. Okay. So, um, you know, and, and, he, and he's not there in the press, so he doesn't really care what the press thinks about him. You know, a person who's very image oriented would be out there in the press, you know, trying to con the whole uh, con everyone. He's not doing that at all. Um, a type four. Uh, those are the, the artist personalities. I'm not sure he could be. He could be not. Uh, type five intellect. Um, he could be. He actually could be one of those. A type five intellect. Um, you know, those intellects by nature are introverts. They kind of overthink things a lot, um, and uh, he may just be trying to think of his own, I guess, his, his next move, uh, but I really don't know. Again, we, we can't really judge a book by its cover, uh, but we can try, right, just to satisfy our own, I guess, curiosities out here, because we really want to know what type of person would do this. Now, a type six is very interesting here, because a type six, uh, these are people who are very much a compulsive loyalist. These people have a fear of themselves. And because they have such a fear of themselves, they go out there in the world to try to find a group to belong to. Now, I'm not sure if he belongs to any group. Now, he may not be a groupthink person, but he may still have a very strong fear of himself. And when people have a very strong fear of themselves, they become, and they start to find a rescuer, and maybe Gabby may have been that rescuer, and they have a fear of losing that rescuer, um, they can become very paranoid and do things that you would never think a person who loved you would actually do. This is the crazy thing about uh, what, what they call the paranoid counterphobic loyalist, because most of the murderers out there, specifically the murder-suicide people, um, or or against murder-suicide murderers. Why don't we just say that? If there's even such a thing. The murder-suicide murderers uh, are always tend to be um, type 6 counterphobics. And um, why do I say that? Well, the counterphobics are pretty interesting. Now, I've, I've talked about counterphobics before. And uh, counterphobics, they tend to destroy what they fear or what they are irrationally fear, um, fearing. So say, for example, if I had a fear of escalators, and I went to my therapist, and my therapist told me, he said, hey, you know what, Steve, um, we're going to work on your fear of elevators. And I would say, you know what, uh, that fear, I kind of took care of it already because I destroyed the building. Now, I know you're laughing out there, but that's what actually happens with these counterphobics. So a lot of times, you know, counterphobics who could be so loyal to you as a friend, and uh, you may feel like you're stepping on 
landmines when talking to them because anything can set them off. And all of a sudden, they're your friend one day and all of a, and then the next day, they're not your friend. And you, they, they leave you. They kind of drop you. They destroy their friendship within a drop of a hat. And you're, you're there stuck wondering, what the hell did I do? Again, they destroyed your friendship out of the blue with no questions asked. And that's what a counterphobic does very, very often. And it's happened to me quite often. Because uh, I, I become friends with a lot of people who are not a healthier version of themselves. Now, when they're healthy, they can be their best friend and they will follow you to the end of the world as long as they're healthy and in their right mind. Okay? So that's the key. Now, do I think he's a counterphobic type 6? It sure looks like it because um, it looks as though maybe, and I'm just, this is me just screenwriting here. This is just me... Uh, just writing up a, a, a storyline that may be accurate or maybe fictional, but it looks as though maybe Gabby could have um, said that this is it. The engagement is off. I've had enough of this because Gabby and Brian were put over, I think about a little over a week before her disappearance, and they were going through some really tough times. There are some body cam footage of them arguing and she's crying in the car and everything like that. And uh, you know what? She may have said, enough is enough. I'll try to walk away from you. And this is when the counterphobics start to get really, really crazy, especially if they're unhealthy. And um, again, they can say they love them. They love them so much. They're, you know, you know, the Gabby is the world to Brian, but he could not envision his world without Gabby. And if he couldn't have her, no one could. And he had to destroy what he feared the most, which was losing her. So it's better that it's better that he kill her, eliminate from her from the world, than lose her. And then after that, he would actually, you know, again, join her in the afterlife by killing himself. And, and that's what it looks as though what may have happened, because Brian has actually gone missing, like I told you before, and they can't find Brian. So this may be a huge mystery. We may be left with this huge mystery. We may never know what happened, why Gabby's life ended, and why Brian decided to do that. Do I think Brian is responsible? All answers point to yes. There's no evidence at all. And he is entitled to his innocence until proven guilty, right? Because we live in America. But with that all being put on the table, we also have the right to speculate, don't we? Okay, so let's move on to a different type of uh, uh, personalities. We'll just run through the other last two, which is a type 7 enthusiast. Now, this could actually be, um, you know, maybe Brian. Well, type 7 enthusiasts are people who just like to drop everything and just go and do things. They are more, more than likely, most of the people who are type 7, who are van life people are type 7 enthusiasts. We're talking about people who just like say, hey, you know what? I don't care about having a regular job. Let's just go out there and have fun. Really? So it may have been Gabby's idea. I think Gabby may actually be a type 7 enthusiast. And possibly Brian could be too. Now, how would a type 7 actually kill? Well, type 7s, these are people who would kill for the fun of it. As sick as that sounds, that's what a type 7 would do for the thrill. They would enjoy it because they've never done it before. Now, there's not many people who kill for that reason, but there are a few out there. There's, there's a few murderers out there who killed just for the thrill of killing. 
And that's pretty scary when you think about it, right? Because they've never done it before. And it's a new experience. So is Brian one of those people? It doesn't look like it. It really doesn't look like it, but he could be. He really could be. Okay, the next type of um, personality out there. Uh, let's just go with the Type 8 Challenger. We're just working our way up, all right? So the Type 8 Challenger, they're all about strength. Um, they fear being weak. And uh, in this case, why do they kill? Now, could Brian, could, could he be a Type 8? He could be. Type 8s can kill very easily. Uh, they have very short tempers. They very, they very have very much short tempers. Uh, one thing to them, though, when it comes to the law, there is a gray area of the law. And, you know, following rules are pretty much, you know, kind of a gray area. They're not really black and white thinkers. They're not like type 1s, like type 1 reformers, where there's right and there's wrong. Um, the type 8 will actually operate in a very gray area of what, what is morally correct and what is morally wrong. Now, does Brian seem like that type of person? Um, it really doesn't because uh, he's not arguing with the cops um, that much. Um, he seems like a very laid-back person. Um, he's, he actually seems pr pretty likable um, when it, um, in the body cam and uh, very, very reasonable. So he doesn't have that strong personality that a Type 8 does. Now, okay, now lastly, the Type 9 Peacekeeper. Okay, the Peacekeeper, these people hardly murder anyone. To be honest, um, <laughs> these people are the who are they are the sum of all fears, and uh, they cower in the face of conflict. So, more than likely, they can't follow through with murdering someone. If they murder anyone, it'll most likely it'll be by manslaughter, by accident. All right, and you know it's kind of like wondering. I mean, <laughs> type nines. I mean, it's really hard for me to see. A coward murdering someone. It's really even hard for them for me to see them acting as a hero. And I hate to call you know type nines cowards, which they're not. But these people are these people are known to broker peace deals more than you know to kill people. All right. So he's definitely not a type nine. Um, he may have type, some type nine characteristics in there, but I don't see him as a type nine, especially especially because he did most likely murder Gabby. So what can we tell? right now about all of this. I mean, where should we think right now? Now, here's my opinion on Gabby and Brian. And this is just some personal advice out there to a lot of women uh, who are in abusive relationships. There is a right time and a wrong time to get out of your, your relationship, especially if this person, if you fear this person is violent Choose wisely when you plan your escape, all right? Uh, I know a lot of women out there, I know we can point the finger at Gabby and say that, hey, you know what? <laughs> you should have been out of this relationship. I'm sure there's red flags that may have said that this is a guy that you should not marry. And maybe she thought about that. I'm not sure. I'm just screenwriting. But if she were planning to get out of this relationship, which she said, you know what? This guy, Brian, I don't want to marry you. She chose maybe the worst place, the National Park, where there's nobody there. All right? So that's bad news. So if you plan your escape, just be very intelligent about it. That's all I can say about that. But I have to put the button there. Brian is, this guy Brian Laundrie, he is entitled to his own innocence right now. Now I'm going to try to like even think out loud here. Why don't I just reverse the stance here and just try to envision 
what type of person would would leave his loved one, the person of his life, married? He's going to marry this one girl, right? The love of his life. Leave her in the Wyoming National Park, come back home to Florida, and then not help find her. What type of person would ever do that to a person they love? I, I can't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's one person I know who would actually do that. And I think you're drawing a blank as well. I'm really trying to figure this out, and I'm trying to even. I'm trying to break down his character right now in my mind, and trying to figure out what type of person would do that. Like, how would I write that character? How would I write Brian Laundrie? And it, you know, there's no reason. I I can't find the motivation. If he's in, say for example, say he's innocent. Say Brian Laundry is one hundred percent innocent, right? And something happened there. Maybe there was an accident that happened, and he's just freaking out right now. He's freaking out because he knows that Gabri- Gabby Gabby is dead. Gabrielle Gabby is dead, right? And he runs back home, tells his mother what happens. Why wouldn't he tell the in laws? Why wouldn't he tell the police? Why wouldn't, if something bad happened to Gabby, say she was taking a selfie and she fell off the cliff. Why don't we just say that, right? And she died of natural causes because there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of kids out there who die from selfies. (laughs) They're stupid. They they go out there on the cliff and they take a picture and they fall off the cliff and then they smack dab right there about 100 feet down, right? We know about those. Those type of... Teenagers, even adults, some young adults, you know, they appear in the news every now and then, you know, death by selfie, right? But anyway, say that happens. Why would he not contact the authorities? What did he have to hide by, you know, again, you know, not contacting the authorities? Now, why don't we just say this? Maybe because he was already stopped by the cops before, um, he, he was scared that he would be considered... A suspect. Hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I mean, here's the other thing too. If your loved one falls off a hundred foot cliff, okay, chances are you know that she's not going to be alive. But wouldn't you go to the bottom of that cliff to try to check to make sure that she is alive, and then call nine one one to to see if you know the doctors could perform some type of miracle, airlift her out, or something. It's this guy has guilt written all over him. I can't figure out an innocent story for him. I I really can't. I really can't. And I think I'm hoping they find him alive because there is a big hole. Um, I guess in my in my brain right now, trying to defend this guy. I mean, I mean, can you actually defend his actions? I I can't. I really, really can't. Well. Anyway, people, that's it for this podcast. You know, I wanted to talk about something a lot more light, but, you know, I just, this came up, this popped up on on my cell phone. I've been following this case on the New York Times and New York Post, and it's just really, really sad. I mean, I was hoping that they find her alive because, you know, it's just, she looks so young, so full of energy, so just, uh, you know, she had so much more to contribute to the, I guess, to the human race. And um, unfortunately, uh, she won't get that opportunity. 
All right, people, I am out of here and I will talk to you later. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.